0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the You Can Do It Too podcast by Mamba Inspired. I am Mamadou Balde, I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to both showcase black excellence and increase awareness of the multitude of career possibilities out there for up-and-coming black professionals. This podcast will assist in breaking stigmas, barriers and helping black students believe that they are smart enough to be future doctors Engineers, educators, and entrepreneurs. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today, Desiree. Thank you so much for giving us your time. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic today. Amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me to have a conversation.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You made it easier. I mean, smile is just <laughs> contagious. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And let's start by you and tradition. Yourself
1: a little bit? Uh, so, Desiree Cross Ward, I work here in the president's office in university communications. Mm-hmm. And within university communications, I help with the social media accounts. Mm-hmm. So that's at UT Austin. Uh, on Twitter, and then I help with the Facebook account, the Instagram account, the LinkedIn, so all of the official UT branded top-level accounts. That's me and my Mm -hmm. team. There's three of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I also help with President Finvez's accounts, and so I run his Twitter and his Instagram as well, yeah.
0: That's amazing. What did you do in college? What major?
1: Yeah, I studied journalism and my concentration in the School of Journalism at UNC Chapel Hill, Mm Woo Woo go Tar Heels, um, was public relations. And so I have a background in public relations, never thought I would be doing social media marketing. Mm -hmm. um, But when I was graduate, well, my junior year of college, I took an internship with admissions at my alma mater at UNC. And um, it was a social media internship. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And then after that when I graduated I had the opportunity to run social for UNC as a whole mm-hmm. um, And so that's how I got into it was like that first internship and wow. then UNC like right when I graduated they Started their um, social media team. They didn't have one before so like I was the first person in that position to be at UNC um, thought I was going to do um, a PR agency mm-hmm. but corporate life <laughs> I, I wasn't cut out for corporate life. So here wow. I am in higher ed.
0: For sure. Why did you decide higher ed? You're doing your PhD right now. Tell us a little about that. your masters. Your masters.
1: But PhD I I, I hear you speaking it's coming. that into it's existence. Coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Um you said what what uh inspired me to pursue my masters? Yes. Yeah. You know, I wanted to work more with students like that part was missing from my life here at the university Mm -hmm. i wanted to get more involved with students uh i went to a pwi and i noticed the dismal black enrollment rate here Mm -hmm. at ut and i wanted to do something about it Mm -hmm. uh i wanted people to to um yeah i wanted to do something about it i wanted to create a sense of belonging for mm-hmm. students on campus. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that student affairs was something that I could study, mm-hmm. um, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll pursue that part-time while I'm working here at the university.
0: Definitely. So
1: just a way to take advantage of the staff education benefit that mm-hmm. we have here. They'll pay for one class a semester. Mm-hmm. So slowly but surely, I am knocking out my master's.
0: Definitely, definitely, that's amazing. How was growing up for you? like? How hard was it growing up for you? What kind of neighborhood did you grow up in?
1: So, I grew up in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, whole life, born, raised, educated, everything, North Carolina. Uh, I grew up in a very privileged household, I would okay. say. Um, both of my parents went to college. My dad went to A&T, which is a HBCU, mm-hmm. historically black college slash university in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And my mother went to UNC Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. So uh, they education was something that they encouraged me and my sisters i have two younger sisters that they encouraged us to pursue and um yeah great great childhood Uh, my parents were very supportive Mm -hmm. of what i wanted to do academically and extracurricular activities i was a baller Mm -hmm. Uh, so i played basketball did the did aau did um yeah i was i was pretty i was pretty good I played uh, power,
0: forward. power
1: forward. Power forward. I used to be a center <laughs> when I was younger, yeah. and then everybody called up to me. I'm five eight. Yeah, everybody called up to me, so I had to learn how to play a different position. Hey, yes,
0: man. Mm. and you did. That's amazing. Was education a privilege or an expectation at the household?
1: A privilege or expectation? Can you can you tell me what the difference between the two are?
0: So the privilege is like you you never knew you were gonna get, like you weren't expected to go to the educate to, to go to college and get an education, but it would be good if you do it. And uh, an expectation is like, girl, you better go to college. <laughs>
1: so I would say that my parents, they wanted me to do something with mm-hmm. my life. So they didn't jam college down my throat. Mm-hmm. But I was the type of person who really loved to learn, and so it's something that I wanted to do yeah. in the first place.
0: And they were willing to support you? Yes. Okay. Yes, they were.
1: Mm-hmm. So like, like I said, they supported me with my athletics. I did some artsy things, mm-hmm. too. Uh, I did spoken word and poetry. I wow. loved to write and read. Wow. So they were very supportive in anything that I was trying to do.
0: Okay. What was uh, athletics for you? Like, do you, did you think that could gone like that could be your life if you athletics? Yeah.
1: <sighs> no, because I wasn't disciplined enough. Okay. I didn't want I didn't want it enough. And when I say want it it is like I guess I, I just didn't want, I, I wasn't willing to put in the work mm-hmm. that needed to be good enough so mm-hmm. that I could like perform at a collegi- at a collegiate level. Yeah. For me, a lot of the talent that I had was mm-hmm. natural talent. Okay. And so I didn't put in the extra work to be an extraordinary player. I it was just like, naturally I'm good at this thing and I did it because it was fun and I knew I was a nerd, so for social capital, I was like, sports, yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, your experience in sport in addition to advertisement. That's like, hey, big shot. Hey, <laughs>
1: sports, sports is all about being a team player yeah. and hearing university communications. It's a whole team that team, you have team. to work with to make to produce the content that you see on for social media.
0: For sure, for sure. Why did you decide to go to PWI instead of HBCU like your parents?
1: See, now you sound like my dad. <laughs> why you wanna go to USC? Uh, why a PWI? That's a good question. Um, so for me, it wasn't like, I have to go to a PWI. Honestly, I looked at a HBCU. I looked at Winston-Salem State University. Mm-hmm. I went on a campus tour and I didn't feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with UNC, like that's my mom's alma mater. Mm-hmm. They had an amazing journalism program and I knew that I wanted to study journalism. And mm-hmm. so it just made sense to me. I wasn't, when I was looking at schools, I wasn't thinking about prestige, as funny as that is. like. I didn't realize how prestigious UNC because UNC is the um, flagship university of North Carolina, so it's uh, equivalent yeah. to what UT is here. Uh, in, U-
0: at Texas, in, yeah.
1: At Texas, yeah. Um, So I wasn't even aware of the prestige of the university until Mm -hmm. I worked in admissions my junior year, and I saw all the mentions of people like, I want to get in. I'm like, dang, I didn't realize how hard it is to get into this school. Um, So yeah, I didn't choose um, per se a PWI. I chose a school that my mom went to and that had an amazing program for what I wanted to study.
0: Yeah, for sure. How hard was it uh, to fit in? What kind of challenges did you face as an African-American woman?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. See now you have me reminiscing about my undergraduate career and it was a it was a good time for me. Um, I would say I had it pretty easy okay. at my PWI and I had it easy because UNC recruited me when I was a junior. So okay. I'm a junior going into my senior year of high school and I went to this program called Project Uplift mm-hmm. and basically they target uh, high performing Low-income people, students of color, to like mm-hmm. come to the university for a weekend and experience what it's like. Mm-hmm. And I went to that and had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I was surrounded by peers who looked like me and was also on like my intellectual slash academic level. Mm-hmm. And I I felt very welcome there. Um, and so. After doing PU like that introduced me to students mm-hmm. at UNC because the councils were all like current students and so mm-hmm. once I got to UNC I knew people already because mm-hmm. I because I did this program yeah. so usually the hard part for students of color and once they come to a PWI is like finding their people and mm-hmm. finding a space I already had that space and already knew those people because of programs that I attended
0: mm-hmm. in high school yeah.
1: So it wasn't it wasn't difficult for me.
0: That's crazy. That's exactly how I got to UT. I had this one uh, actually five weeks summer bridge program, oh. like the summer before my freshman year. We came here of with, college. Yeah, of okay. uh, college. It was uh, students of different background and We did calculus. You had to apply mm-hmm. all experience, but it, that's what made me like UT and decided to come. So I guess those programs work well. They
1: do work, and like. Um, so not only, so Project Uplift is what recruited me. Once I got to UNC, I became a Project Uplift counselor. So wow. it's like the program that brought me to to UNC, I was volunteering to also bring, bring more, more people, people that look like me wow. to UNC.
0: That's amazing. So right now you work here at UT mm-hmm. alongside the president, <laughs> I yes. would say. Uh, here at UT, you, you say you've been having a great time. How? What, what are some adversi- adversities you have been facing? Can you always bring yourself, your whole self, to work?
1: <sighs> uh, yes. I feel comfortable bringing my whole self to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started working here three years ago, so I came in 2016, uh, I, was, I treaded lightly. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I moved here from North Carolina. I didn't know what white people in Texas were gonna be like. So mm-hmm. I tread lightly, but now that I'm going into my third year, like I really do bring my whole self. I have natural hair, right now It's laid back in corn <laughs> rolled, but I wear my fro, mm-hmm. I wear my African prints. Like I'm very bold with my blackness in this space because for the two and a half years that I was here, I was mm-hmm. the only black mm-hmm. person in my department. Wow. And um, now there's another black woman. Shout out to Robin, whoop whoop. She's the uh, marketing director for yeah. our department. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I've always felt like I can bring my whole self. As far as adversities, mm-hmm. um, I feel like a, a lot of times, especially with new people that I have to interact with um, in the president's office and through my work, I, I, I come up against three barriers. Mm-hmm. I'm black, I'm a woman, mm-hmm. And then I'm also young. I'm usually the only, I'm usually the youngest person at a table of yeah. administrators. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, combating all three of those at one time has been very challenging. Mm. And it's allowed me to grow in unexpected ways.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Wow, that's a great answer. <laughs> it's It's finish.
1: funny you asked me that because... Uh, to, today, I was told um, that I had rubbed somebody the wrong way like through my work, um, through my working relationship. And this is the second time that this has happened to me. And uh, even my, my my manager, when she brought it up to me and mentioned it to me, she was like, yeah, I think it's a, a generational thing. Like the person who I had quote unquote offended was a lot older than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that person who was offended, they felt like I was entitled and, uh, what was the word that is, entitled and demanding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I work in the president's office. Of course, if I need something for the president, I'm going to, to be very straightforward mm-hmm. because this is for, this is for him. Yeah. Um, and so I just tell that story just to give you an example of like how it's sometimes challenging because of my age.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yesterday I was reading uh, a part of, uh, I was reading the book of Becoming by Michelle Obama.
1: I haven't yes, read it yet. Yes. Gotta let I, me know how it is. Yeah,
0: one thing she one thing she was talking about is that yeah. So during her campaign, she made oh. a lot of speeches, and during her speech, she she definitely showed her passion, right? Mm. And like she was serious and passionate about her speeches, right? And the thing is, one time one of her campaign manager called her in the office, right? Mm-hmm. Played a video, right? Then mute her voice, and see. Tell her to look and she look at it. For somebody like her, she knows what she's doing. You see that she, she recognizes her passion, she recognizes her seriousness. But if you meet her, everybody else, if you if she put herself into somebody who didn't hear her speak,
1: mm-hmm. would say
0: she's like angry and all of that, right? Yeah. And that's a very stereotype for African American. Sometimes your passion is seen as anger. Like, how do you feel about that? <laughs>
1: Um that is definitely a stereotype that I have heard. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've necessarily had to combat that stereotype because as you mentioned at the start of this conversation like I have a very contagious smile. Mm-hmm. I'm always smiling. I'm oh, very good. happy um and positive person and when I get angry mm-hmm. I'm silent and reserved. Wow. So um I I haven't had to to deal with that stereotype of an angry black woman, Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully, and hopefully I don't have to.
0: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. So do you you have any advice for that young girl right now who's trying to get into a PWI school, who's, who's about to work for a president office, like who's getting into a place, getting outside of a box and getting inside an area where she's not comfortable with? What kind of advice do you have for her?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I would say that you belong, like you belong in this space. Mm -hmm. Um, There are no handouts in this world and especially if you're a black person, if you're a black woman and you find yourself in a space where you feel like you don't belong, Mm -hmm. you did something to be in that space remember what that was and give yourself some credit show yourself some grace and just know that you belong there because there have been several days when i walk into a meeting and i look around and i'm the only black person there Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it makes me question like should i be like just subconsciously like should i be here and i always have to remind myself that i belong here Mm -hmm. i i I earned this Mm -hmm. and i am capable
0: just as capable as anybody else Do you feel like you have to work twice as hard? Do you feel like you have to work for all the other people, all the other black people that are not in the room, like when you are alone?
1: I feel like it's the curse of the black woman. Mm-hmm. We work hard, mm-hmm. and I think we work as hard as we do because. Growing up, I know that I was told, I know a, a lot of other black women who were told, you have to work twice as hard. And mm-hmm. so that's what I do. I put 100% into everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, I do feel like I have to work uh, twice as hard. And there was another piece to your question that you had. Do I feel like I have to work twice
0: as hard and- do for the, all the other people that are not yes. in the room. Yes.
1: Um, so yeah, I feel like I have to work twice as hard. And then as far as like all the other people in the room, that is that 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 is my why. Like the black students mm-hmm. on this campus is my why. Sometimes I'm so tired I don't wanna get out the bed. Sometimes I don't wanna be at this university in the spaces that I operate in because mm-hmm. it's just it's it's hard, it's taxing. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that I am in this space, and I'm the only one in this space for a reason, mm-hmm. and and I have a sort of responsibility and an obligation to my people to make. And when I say my people, I mean black people. Mm-hmm. I have an obligation to them to do right by them and to like um, show them that this is I, I'm an entrance for you. Like if you're trying to do something with the administration. Let me know. I'll try to make it happen. I've been turned down trying to do stuff like for on behalf of students. And so I can't promise that I'll make something happen, but I can be that bridge for you if that's what you want. Um, And so, yeah, every my my why, my passion is black students. I want them to feel like they belong on this campus. And that is what motivates me every day.
0: That's amazing. That was my next question, actually. But so you did it. You had an un- amazing undergraduate career. Now you're doing your master's, and you're about to go to PhD. Look like you climbing mountains every single time, right? Mm-hmm. What's your life mission? What kind of person are you? Because you look like somebody who don't care about a career. You're caring about making impact. Mm-hmm. What is your life mission?
1: Man, these questions are great. Like, <laughs> be, I think you should. You would make a great interviewer.
0: You're mm-hmm. a great interviewer.
1: Um, my life mission. So I'm gonna tell you my life my my life motto, and mm-hmm. that may answer that question. My life motto is to uh, be the change I seek in the world,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's why I love UT so much mm-hmm. because the tagline is "What starts here changes the world," and that's my mm-hmm. life motto. Um, and so that's, that's what motivates me. That's what drives me. That is my life mission is to be the change that I seek. I came to this campus and I saw that the black enrollment rate was like stagnant at four to five percent. And I was like, what can I do about that?
0: Wow. I I didn't know that. Four to
1: five percent. Four to five percent. Wow. Yeah. And, um, I was like, what can I do about that? I noticed that the black students on campus didn't have a great relationship with the administration here. I talk to the president every day. What can I do about that? Mm -hmm. And so I really am like, I work very hard to implement change very incrementally Mm -hmm. but I I do what I can to make sure that you that your stories are told because I work on social media and so whenever I see something that black students are doing on campus retweet or here's a link to this story about anything that is just showing the great work that y'all are doing and shout out to Ami and Cameron I am so proud to be working at a university with two people who look like me Mm -hmm. in that
0: position Mm -hmm. there you have it ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to the mamba inspire you can do it to podcast we have another special guest next episode make sure you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date our youtube channel we have a twitter and instagram for updates look up mamba inspire peace